1: To the podcast we named later I am Chris Willis and I'm again joined by my good friend Stephen Talbert Stephen I appreciate you guys uh, uh filling in for me last week it's good to be back with you
2: what's up Chris yeah buddy it's good to have you back obviously Scott did a fantastic job pinch hitting last week um, when you were away but it's always good to have you back it's been a minute since you and I have done one of these and and there's obviously <laughs> there's obviously some things to discuss.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, I mean, this has been a crazy week, uh, it's been full of ups and downs. And I mean, I, I just got one question for you. I mean, how, how did we even get here? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to figure out. Cause this is a long and winding road. Um, obviously, you know, I think we got to start with shortstop tonight because, you know, it's went, I mean, you and I, I know I said this about three episodes ago, I was like, this was supposed to be a competition and it's turned into not a competition. Cause Vaughn Grissom was the, you know, to me, was penciled in for opening day. I mean, it didn't look like anybody was involved, and then the next thing you know, Braden makes in in the mix, and now somehow we have landed on Orlando Arcia. So you know, I mean, if you if you can enlighten me, you know, I'm all ears.
2: I have I have no idea. I, I mean, last week with Scott, I even said like we put shortstop at the very end of the rundown, and I said like this was the shortest shortstop competition, and hit like this was over in the first week. And we didn't even talk about shortstop because it was like, you know, it's a foregone conclusion that it's just going to be Grissom. And then it just, I I have no idea. I mean, clearly, we know what happened, right? Like, we know that the team clearly is not comfortable with Von Grissom, Von Grissom's defense yet. Like, that's obvious. They can, you know, they can talk about depth and Adrianza and keeping all their depth all they want to, but that has absolutely nothing to do with this. I hope people don't actually think that you know, a 33-year-old utility player on a minor league deal was the key to all of this. Like, that, that's not—this was all about them being uncomfortable with Grissom's defense at short. And then, you know, when Shoemaker jumped in, and he has had a good spring, and Shoemaker is a guy that I've probably been, you know, higher on than a lot of people. And I even talked—I think you asked me about, you know, which prospects I was watching when the spring training started, and I think Shoemaker was my answer just because I— Guys who can play can play, you know, high level defense at a big time position like short. And there's some questions about how good that defense is. But you know, the Braves coaching staff obviously felt like it was it was really good, and he's made some improvements with the bat. And so, you know, he came along. And you know, I'll give Mark Bowman credit because you know Bowman was the only one all spring who st- who basically stood by the idea that the Braves were not comfortable with Grissom at short, to the point where it almost at times felt like you know. Does Bowman have something against Von Grissom? Like he was so consistent with that message that it, it was it was almost weird at times when it felt like a no brainer that that Grissom was going to be the guy. And lo and behold, we get to the end and and he was right. You know, the, the team was not comfortable despite all of the talk, all of the Ron Washington coaching, and they just weren't comfortable with him uh, to be the everyday guy right out of the gate. That doesn't mean they won't be, but this, I mean, all that's all this comes down to is the Braves are not comfortable with Vaughn Grissom's defense yet and if he goes to AAA and struggles on defense and and Arcia struggles in the majors like he's you know been prone to do then the Braves are the Braves might have a real mess on their hands um if if one of these guys doesn't start to produce you know defensively and off of, offensively them not adding a shortstop in the offseason could really turn out to be a a a pretty poor decision
1: yeah i mean there's a lot of angles to really explore this thinking back on it now i think i've probably made more out of this than it probably just needs to be on twitter this week but i was kind of floored by it i i just can't understand how we ended back up here but you know hear me i want to do want to say i i'm glad you mentioned uh bowman because you know there's a lot of stuff flying around out there and everything and, and the thing that you got to keep in mind for all these beat riders, they weren't just making this stuff up this is what the braves were telling them you know, I mean, there was right. that quote from Snicker last week that said, you know, they're going to take Grissom or Shoemaker North with them and Arce is the backup, you know, and I mean, th- there's no reason to think anything else at that point, you know, so, right. um, you know, so there is either a breakdown of communication between the front office and Snicker or the bra- they just weren't telling it or they made they changed their mind at the last minute. You know, I don't. I'm not. When I've been ranting this week, I'm not critical of any of those guys down there in Florida doing their the beat job, you know, or anything. So, but the move the move still doesn't make sense to me. I'm trying trying to wrap my head around it. Obviously, Grissom hit well, Shoemaker hit well. You can't really measure defense watching through a TV screen, I guess. You know, that's that's kind of the thing I come to. You know, you and I talked about it. I said the best part about Grissom through the early part of the spring was I hadn't noticed him. You know, on defense, he's making all the he's making all the plays. You know, I mean, he's not making the spectacular plays or anything, but he's making the plays he needs to make. In my estimation, Mm -hmm. obviously, you know, I don't have a vote, and they're there every day, and they're seeing a lot more than just what we're seeing. You know, when this game, these games have been streamed or or have been on, you know, on broadcast TV. So, you know, it's. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, but then at the same time, I'm trying to figure out I'm trying to figure out what the upside of this is. I've been hearing RC is, you know, a better defensive option, but I don't really see that. And I mean, he's not played he's not played shortstop since regularly since 2 uh, 2020. He's played it six times in the last two seasons. You know, he's got a strong arm. Uh, he's got experience there and that's all that's going to be valuable. But I feel like we're going to have the same range issues with him that you're probably going to have with Grissom and, uh, you know, uh, others. RC to me, and I may be way off base here, but RC to me reminds me a little bit of Camargo in a lot of ways. Johan Camargo, because Camargo didn't have any range either, but he had that big, big cannon arm that could get him out of a lot of trouble, you know, as far as that goes. Now that's just, you know, I am like, I said, I'm no expert, I'm just watching, but you know, I think we've seen this uh, Orlando RC as an everyday player. And if he was a Gold Glove caliber defense uh, defender, you know, I-, I could get my head around it because you could just hit him ninth. You know, I talked about punting a, a punting a position and just going all defense. But I'm not, but, you know, I'm not real sure. I'm not real sure that's where we're at here. And you know, uh, the preser- pre- preserving the depth. You know, I mean, we've made a lot of. Um, they've made a lot of a big deal out of Adrian's and Adrian's has had a good spring. I don't think he was healthy last year. You know, he's looked good for the most part. He's got experience, a good clubhouse guy, had some big, huge moments in 2021, but you know, I mean, he's at the end of his, his tenure. And like you said, I mean, if this move was made because they didn't want to lose him, then I'm, I, I just question it because I feel like, We're going to talk about the outfield here in a minute. And I don't really have a problem with what happened in the outfield situation. And I'll explain that uh, when we get to that. But right now, it's just like they've hurt the starting lineup. And you've also hurt the bench. Because I feel like Grissom-Arcia combination is a whole lot better than Arcia-Adrianza combination. So, you know, we'll just have to see how it plays out, how long it lasts. Uh, But I'm not expecting any change right away. I mean, I'm expecting, I'm thinking, we didn't see Michael Harris until two months into the season. So, you know, I don't expect them to go out and play a couple of weeks and then make a change at shortstop without anybody getting hurt. So, you know, I kind of feel like this is the way we're going to be for a while.
2: Yeah. I I mean, yeah, I agree. If you're not comfortable with Grissom's defense, then, you know, two weeks in AAA is not going to do much, you would think. You know, logic hasn't always won the day here, it seems like. but. There's a, couple, there's a couple of points I want to make. So first of all, on their own, you know, just on their own merits, the idea that you're not comfortable with Vaughn Grissom's defense is a perfectly reasonable one, right? And the idea that you're not comfortable with Braden Shoemake's offense is a perfectly reasonable one, right? They, we've never seen it at the major league level for either one of those. So, like, reaching that conclusion that you're not comfortable with, you know, each of those guys on, on the other side of the ball, then that's, that's perfectly fine. The problem is most of us reached that conclusion in November, right? Like, that's where all of us were in November when we were talking about, like, the Braves probably need to go get a shortstop because we're not comfortable with Grissom's defense. You're certainly not comfortable with Shoemaker's offense. And if you don't do something, you're going to end up with Orlando Garcia as your starter. And you know the fact that they got here, but they didn't get here till the end of March is is really the problem, right? Because go get a shortstop. I mean, you had all winter to go. You, there was nothing else on the to-do like the biggest thing on the to do list was shortstop, Dansby, somebody shortstop, and yeah, I, that's that's the part that I don't love. I mean, they can still do something mid season, but you know the fact that it took them where they arrived you know at the end of the day makes sense just how long it took them to arrive there when so many of us were already there months ago is is one part that if i was if i was frustrated at anything that's what i was frustrated at the the second point that i want to make is i i want to make sure everyone knows that this was a shocking outcome right like there was some talk like on twitter even some from some reporters like you know everyone should have seen this coming or you know there shouldn't been any surprises. I'm, I'm not gonna gaslight fans like that. like we you and I follow this stuff as close as anybody, and it is it was one thousand percent a stunning development, especially how well Grissom looked in spring, especially how well shoemaker looked in spring, the idea that they were both going to get sitting down. no one no one had that on their radar and I thought it was disingenuous to 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 call that stuff you know, telling fans they shouldn't be surprised that you know this was always uh, a thing that was going to happen like nobody even put this out there as a possibility until after it happened. So you know if you were stunned by this, if you were th- completely thrown off by this, then that's exactly how you should have felt because that's how that's that's that was the reality of the situation that it this was not what anyone saw coming.
1: Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. I mean, you can look at uh, FanGraphs, Roster Resource, all these projection systems. All of them had Grissom. You know, I mean, it's been in it's been in stone. And I I think if you know, if you and I want to we want to rewind rewind back to November, you know, I think then I did think there was a chance it would be Arcia if they didn't make a move. But once we got to the point that Ron Washington's working with Grissom. And they started, you know, all this hype started. And granted, that some of that's not fair. I mean, that's not, you know, that's not making a decision. But it was like when they entered spring training, and I think I've said this more than once it was Grissom's job to lose. It seemed like the Braves wanted Grissom to win that job, you know. And, right. and I mean, how many times have we seen Arcea at shortstop before this week? Was it me? Yeah, many? he
2: barely played.
1: Was not me? He barely many? played. You know, and I mean, and, and that's still to me. You know, I don't care. You know, there was one day, there was a time when he was a good defensive shortstop. If you look back at his stack outs above average, I mean, he's been, he's had good seasons, he's had bad seasons defensively. Um, but you know, he's not played it in six in in two seasons. He's played six times in two seasons. Dansby didn't take days off. You know, here all right. his all his time has been in the majors for over the last um, last two seasons. Has been at second, third, left field. You know, so yeah. I mean, and, and we saw his range in left field, you know, and I, I know it's a different position and everything, but it's not, you know, RC, I think a lot of people have in their head that RC is this, uh, you know, this uh, smaller defensive guy, but he's not, you know, he's a big guy, you know, and, and he's wide shouldered and he's not fast. And, and so he has know. a,
2: he had a slow, he had a slower sprint speed last year than Matt Olson. Yeah. I mean, like, well, the, I, I can
1: remember last year. I don't remember what the situation was. I think a catcher was running late in the game, didn't score. Snicker was asked about Arcia. Why didn't you pinch run Arcia? And, and the reply was something to the effect of, have you seen that guy run? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, he run, he runs
2: funny. like a, he runs like a mailbox. Right. So he, you he's, know, got he's,
1: he's not, he's not fast, but you know, I mean, I've been low on Arcea before. I think he's fine as a utility guy. I think he's. you and I have talked about some of the adjustments he's made since he came to Atlanta. he hit the crap out of the ball last year at times. Uh, most of that came against the Washington Nationals. But beside the point, you know, he posted a, a, a league average season his first time in his career. He was a league average bat at, as a hitter. But it also came in on, what, 68, 70 games. So, you know, if you're starting to ask him to play shortstop, every day 140 times you know i just don't i don't see it i mean i've i've got low expectations so i mean we'll have to see how it turns out uh but i mean my question is now if you really thought this was where he was going to end up why didn't you go out and make a move you know why wasn't there more urgency and maybe there were there was behind the scenes i, I don't know but we didn't ever hear much that the braves were looking at a shortstop you know i mean and, and you know People say, you know, I mean, Willie Adamas' name kept getting thrown out there. I don't think that was ever reasonable, but there is a long list of shortstops that were moved, lesser shortstops that wouldn't have cost much that you could have brought in and at least been part of this. So, yeah, it's it's baffling, and uh, I am, you know, I think the thing was there was a couple of days of negativity on my part, and then I had to kind of remind myself that this team is good. You know, it's a it's a small part of the story. Uh, it's a little concerning, I think, uh, you know, it's a concern of mine, but, you know, a uh, big picture, maybe it doesn't matter, but, you know, there's also a chance that maybe it will.
2: Yeah, well, and we'll get to the, I, I think we're going to talk about the outfield too, but, you know, how good Eddie Rosario is, is going to matter here a little bit, because, you know, the Rays won 101 games last year with the worst left field situation in baseball, and so, you know, you can win a lot of games if you have one position that maybe isn't as good as you want it to be, but, you know, when you get into having two or three positions that aren't that good, then that's when you get into trouble, and so if, you know, if Eddie comes back this year, he had a great WBC, but, you know, if he comes back this year, then this RC stuff and shortstop in general doesn't matter as much, right, because then you can bat him ninth, like we were talking about. You can live with um, lesser than good production, for lack of a better term, so... Uh, you know the other stuff matters but yeah this was crazy i mean i don't know i don't know another word for it i i tweeted like i haven't seen a shortstop saga like this i can't remember the last time i saw a shortstop saga like this and carlos correa signed with three different teams this offseason i mean that's that's how crazy it was yeah
1: that was it was nuts and and you know i mean again everybody's acting like this was the no-brainer defensive upgrade but i'm not sure it is now you know if i'm wrong Month or two into the season, I'll come back on this podcast and say I was wrong. You know, I mean, we've done. i going to
2: put a RC is going to put up like a four win season this year. Yeah, this I mean, if balls.
1: he does, you know, I mean, it's just more shows the genius of Alex Anthopoulos. You know, I mean, I mean, when they signed him to that two year deal, we wondered if it was because they knew Dansby was leaving, or it was cover for Dansby. So you know, I mean, RC's got his shot now. We're gonna we're gonna see how it is. I mean, I just I'm not. I'm not confident. If you've been following me on Twitter, you know I'm not confident. Yeah, but you know it's it is it's a good storyline now, so it's going to be interesting to see how how it turns out. And also, we're going to be really interested to see what how Grissom and Shoemaker look at Gwinnett and where they play and and what their yeah. roles are, because you know that could tell us a lot of, a lot of stuff for the future uh, and going forward years beyond this. You know, how where they fit in the plan, if they are in the plan. You know, because I mean, honestly, if one of them doesn't come up and take this job from uh, Arcia, you know, there's a chance we're looking for a shortstop at the end of the season, or it's trade deadline. Honestly, that's yep. kind of the where well, that's kind of the way I feel about it.
2: Yeah, if they're if if neither Grissom or Shoemaker show anything in AAA, you know, relative to the things they're supposed to be working on, then you know, even if RC is having a decent year, I think you still have to go look for a shortstop at the trade deadline. And and listen, shortstop is not the easiest. You know, we've talked in years past. You know, the Braves always need outfielders, and outfielders are really easy to find. And that is not the case with shortstop. Shortstop is not as easy to find midseason. So, but you did bring up a good point, by the way. And I think it should be said that the Braves have always been higher on Arcia than most. Right? I mean, they've they saw something in him early on to not only trade for him, but they immediately, or not immediately, but they then signed him to a two year extension. And you know, that's before he had really done anything. So. Anthopolis and his team have always been higher on Arcia than most of the general public and, and definitely more than us. So, um, you know, this is just another example that they they clearly think more of him than, you know, uh, the, the general population does.
1: We'll just have to see how it uh, turns out, but uh, we got some other things to get to, but we'll get to them right after this break.
0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: The biggest news to come out of Thursday, or really since uh, Monday's roster moves actually, was Braves announced today that Razel Iglesias is dealing with some shoulder inflammation. He's not going to throw for seven days. He's going to start the year on the on the injured list. That's a pretty significant blow uh you hope that you know he's not out long and and you know you can he get it whatever this is he's dealing with goes away but the thing that worries me about that is is it, sometimes those things linger you know glacius uh, braves have him penciled in here to play a pretty huge part and then plus he signed for two more years i think at pretty big money so you know this is this is i think to me this is probably the most concerning concerning thing that I've seen come out of camp so far. But uh, what did you think when you heard that news?
2: Yeah, not good when you lose your closer a week before opening day, and that's basically what happened is the Braves announced that he's gonna he's not going to start the season on the roster. So the good thing is the Braves do have depth in their bullpen. The Braves do have guys that can step up. You know, Minter could probably close, or, you know, they've got some other guys that have got experience and they've got a lot of depth. So, uh, But, you know, Iglesias, is, uh, he's not the youngest guy. He's definitely got a lot of miles on his arm, and like you said, he's locked up for this year and the next two years for I think like sixteen million a year.
1: Yes, that's correct uh,
2: for all, all all three years. So it's it's a substantial amount of money. Obviously, that was I remember when the Braves traded for him, and everybody was freaking out because of how little the Braves gave up to get him. I think they gave up like Tucker Davidson and and Jesse Chavez, who was then released um, and signed back with the Braves. But the reason it, it was so little is because. The Braves took on that entire contract and that's not a that is not a team friendly contract. That is that is a high high level of risk when you're talking about a reliever and this is one of the reasons because they get hurt a lot and it, it doesn't seem like it's too serious yet. You know, we're not hitting the panic button yet, but you know, with shoulders shoulders are just always scary. And with relievers are already terrifying and inconsistent and and you add injuries and especially shoulder injuries then Especially when it's in spring, because then guys can't, you know, they can't get going the way they're used to getting going for the season. You just wonder how long it's going to last. So, yeah, it's concerning. I don't think there's any doubt. Uh, the Braves do have depth, but they need Iglesias. Don't make no mistake. They need Iglesias to be good. He was never going to be as good as he was last year, but they need him to be, you know, a contributor. Um, obviously, since he's when he does get back out there, he's going to close. So, it was definitely concerning and something to to keep an eye on. And I. I just hate – shoulder injuries just terrify me. I mean, that's the simplest way to say it. Shoulder, Any any kind of – there's no such thing as a minor shoulder injury. So, um, you know, we'll just kind of hold our breath and see see what happens from here.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, you made a good point about guys getting derailed kind of in the spring. And, I mean, uh, you know, I can remember back when A.J. Minner was involved in a little accident, ended up uh, hurting his shoulder a little bit. I, it was a couple, three seasons ago. You know, he made yeah. one appearance in the spring and then was never right that whole season you know he was yeah. he was never himself after that and i mean you know we've seen tyler Matzit, luke jackson be lights out world series run you know and then the next year jackson's got a uh has to have tommy john surgery you know Matzit was never right last year and then had to have tommy john surgery you just never know with relievers it's a crazy yeah. situation but you know the bullpen picture as a whole monday in those cuts it was kind of lost because uh because of grissom and shoemake a little bit he hogged all the headlines, but Braves also answered some questions there by optioning Nick Anderson. I think the day before, actually, they announced that Jackson Stevens had been outrighted A, so he's off the 40-man roster, but those were two guys that were competing for spots. That opens the door for Jesse Chavez to get that last spot. I think there was some debate as whether that would happen. Kind of thought he might go to Gwinnett, especially with the way Anderson had pitched. But I'm not really up in arms about Anderson either, because he's been hurt so much. Probably wouldn't be the worst thing for him just to get some innings in. But now with Iglesias out, you know, somebody's got to fill that spot. And, I mean, I think Nick Anderson's got to be the favorite in that. But do you see anybody else that, uh, you know, we need to keep an eye on?
2: Well, (laughs) There's definitely a guy that's on the 40-man that still hasn't been optioned that um, we kind of hope is not the option. Um, but, you know, I'll let you – I know you have some thoughts about that. But, yeah, well, um, I mean,
1: Michael, yeah, Michael, I it, Michael, Michael Tonkin's on the 40-man still, and nobody yeah. – everybody forgets this. I mean, he was added – he was added, I believe, before the Rule 5 deadline, but he was added to protect him from minor league free agency, him and Seth Ellich. Yeah. Elledge still has options. Tonkin does not have options. I only mention it. He's not been good. I mean, he's not pitched well this spring. I think he'd admit that. But I only mention it because he's out of options. And the Braves have had I don't know how many roster cuts and he's still here. You know. So yep. you know, I still don't think they go that route. I do think there is a chance that everybody gets surprised in Jackson Stevens. Is the one that replaces Iglesias, and they leave Anderson down, and I'm sure that's going to draw some criticism. But I think also it's just that they want Anderson to throw a little bit. But I mean, if if it's me, it needs to be Anderson for that for that spot. You know, I think he's the most deserving. But again, you know, we've seen some of that uh, preserving depth at work here in the bullpen.
2: Yeah, if talent if talent is the only consideration, then it's got to it's Nick Anderson. I mean, it's not even close, Nick Anderson. If it's just about talent, then Nick Anderson should already be on the team, even if Iglesias was healthy. But talent is not always the only consideration. A lot of times there's injuries or, in Anderson's case, trying to maybe prevent an injury by letting him build up a little bit more. Obviously, you said he's been hurt so much the last couple of years that there might be a little preventative maintenance where they, they want to keep him down a little bit in A just to get him built back up more. Um, if they're not worried about that then i'm sure that's who they'll go with they'll go with anderson but if they are they could definitely be somebody we're not thinking of you know it could be tonkin it could be uh stevens it could be one of the minor leaguers that no one's even talking about i mean hell they could they can still make a trade you know a bunch of guys are going to get released or you know optioned in the next couple of days and you know this this goes for all positions but you know technically they could still acquire somebody as well so um there's there's honestly no telling but if it's just about talent and it's an internal option, then, yeah, it's got to be Nick Anderson, I would think.
1: Yeah, you know, we could also, like, dovetail this into the rotation discussion, but it could also be Jared Schuster and Dylan Dye. It's a possibility. Yep. You yep. know, I've I've kind of speculated. Right. I've speculated a little bit. I mean, the Braves aren't going to need that fifth starter till they're in St. Louis, depending on when Kyle Wright can go. There's a chance Wright's not going to be fully stretched out. We've seen them keep. You know, Tucker Davidson last year made the opening day roster. We thought he was going to get the start, and then was pressed into duty as a as a cleanup guy, basically. Um, you know, so I mean, it wouldn't be out of the question. It's not really attractive. I wouldn't really want to do that with those two guys, necessarily. But <clears throat> you know, I th- I don't think it would be long term. But just to get them through this first time through the through uh, the through the rotation. I don't think it'd be complete surprise either, just given the situation here. Now that they've got another spot to fill, how have you felt about the? I mean, you don't want to read too much into spring training stats, I know, but man, about a week ago, this bullpen got lit up for about three straight yep. days, man, and it was different people every day. You know, it was Minor, Jimenez, McHugh. I think Dylan Lee might be the only guy down there that's just been lights out the whole the whole spring. Kirby Yates pitched a little bit better today. Lucas Litke pitched a little bit better today. Minor looked good. Minor looked like Minor again in the ninth against the Mets on Thursday. So, but, I mean, you know, we've talked about the volatility of, of relievers. And, uh, you know, but, I mean, have you seen anything? I know with pitch clock, you know, there's a lot of things going on here. But have you seen anything that that, that brings you concern, you know, with the bullpen?
2: Well, we've all been just telling ourselves, you know, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, you know, it's fine, it's just spring training, it's fine. And so that's what we're just going to kind of hold on to, right? We're just going to just kind of pretend like that didn't happen, and they're just getting work in, and they're, you know, getting used to the pitch clock, and they're getting used to new pace, and that is true, That that's not just, you know, nonsense for, you know, like A.J. Miner, for example, is one of the slowest workers in baseball. He doesn't have the same reputation as maybe a Jansen or other guys, but. Um, you know, A.J. Minner has always been a really slow, really deliberate to the plate. And so I'm sure this has all been an adjustment for him. Um, you know, Joe Minner is coming over for a new team. And, you know, you never know exactly what that's going to be like. So, you know, I, I'm not overly worried, but it doesn't take much to get me worried about the bullpen, honestly. Like, you know, if you start the season and all this continues and everybody still looks shaky and you can't, you know, you you need at least three or four guys that you can count on, and if you get to the, you know, if you get to middle of April, end of April, and you don't have anybody count on, then and especially if Iglesias is still hurt, then yeah, it it's it's kind of both, right? It's I'm not worried now, but it doesn't take me much to get worried about a bullpen because they're just so they're just so random, they're so volatile, and so you know we'll see what happens. They, I mean, on paper they should have a really good bullpen if everybody just kind of pitches to their career numbers, then the Braves should be pretty set there Uh, but you just know you know it's not like a lineup it's not like a bunch of position players that you can count on the way you know you do with you know Acuna and Olsen and Riley it it just doesn't work that way bullpens they just guys just have randomly terrible seasons and you you never know when it's going to come so we'll see I I still I'm still not worried but it's not going to take me much to get me
1: there yeah I think a lot of it's just just dealing with the clock I think I tell you one guy I'm watching though is Jimenez a little bit because his his velocity's been down and he had that back a – a small back procedure. I don't know if that's got anything to do with it. I mean, sometimes pitchers' velocities are just down. You know, Max Fried's yeah. has been down a little bit too. You know, it may not matter, you know, because he may not be turning it all the way loose, you know, until the regular season. But that's one reason – that's one reason I think Nick Anderson is such – so important. I mean, if uh, the Braves, you know, Kirby Yates – He's looked better of late Uh, at times. He's struck out guys and then couldn't get the third out. You know, it's been up and down all spring. But I think Nick Anderson's really important because of that, being that power right-handed guy. And, you know, Colin McHugh's right-handed, but he's not the power guy. And then you've got all those guys from the left side with Lee and Lickie um, you know Jesse Chavez is just kind of a do whatever you need him to do kind of guy, but that power right arm, right handed guy like Luke Jackson, that role that he filled, that's very important. I mean, if Jimenez struggles, then you really need Nick Anderson here because he's kind of got the stuff you know to fill that role and has done that role in the past. So I think the bullpen is going to be something. You know, I mean, you're all. I agree with you. I think on paper, this looks like a really good bullpen, especially if. Saying that they get Glacius back and he's he's healthy and and looks like he always does, but you just never know about bullpens either, you know, because crazy things happen and you know you just have to you have to see it out. But the Braves have had a lot of good luck with the bullpen over the last few years, and you know hopefully this year won't be any different. One of the other moves that were made Monday was uh, the Braves option, Jordan Luplo and Eli White to A. White, I don't think, was a surprise, even though if we just went on spring training stats and performance he probably deserved to in make the open day roster i thought he played well played all three outfield positions hit better than anybody could have expected but he had two options and that was working against him luck an interesting situation because he signed a free agent deal this offseason typically you don't see those guys that sign for real money get sent to the minors but he was slowed by sore oblique played a lot over the last week or so but, you know, he may not be ready. So they sent him down. What that does, it it and I mean this could still change, but it looks like Sam Hilliard, Kevin Pilar are gonna get those last spots. You know, I had some people ask me and say, Well, you're not upset about the outfield situation like you were the the shortstop, and I'm not because I kind of thought this might happen with the outfield, but it's not taking a guy out of the starting lineup either. You know, we're still going to have Eddie Rosario in left. You're going to have Harris in center. You're going to have uh, uh, Acuna in right. This is, we're talking solely about the bench. And with the DH, the bench doesn't play quite the same, have the, quite the same impact as it did before the DH. So I wasn't too upset about the situation. You know, I do have this question that, like, if Luplo, I'm guessing that Luplow's down there just to get ready, to get reps, and uh, will be an option. I don't know if he's got to wait for somebody to get hurt, but I do wonder who's going to be the odd man out when he is ready because, I mean, he's making, I don't remember what he signed for, but it was over a million, uh, I'm pretty sure. You know, and I just don't see them leaving him down in Triple A for the whole season, uh, or you know, half of the season, uh, because they're unless they're just everybody in the in this outfield pitcher performing. But were, was any of this uh, surprise you? I know you and I was pretty much agreed on why it was probably going to go to the uh, back to the minors. But you know, I think we were you know we knew Leplow had an option, but I don't think we were really convinced that you know he was going to get sent down.
2: Yeah, Leplow was really the only question. It was it was I mean. Everybody kind of assumed Hilliard would be on the team because he, he doesn't have any options and he had a good spring. And, you know, he's got a lot of talent and he's got some things that are interesting that you might not want to give up on the waiver wire. So Hilliard making the team wasn't surprising. So it really just came down to Pilar or Luplo, I think, for most of us. And either guy could have been option. Like Pilar doesn't have any options left, but he signed a minor league deal. So he could have been sent to Gwinnett at least once. And so they could have gone that route, but I'm, I'm with you. I'm guessing they just looked at Luplo and just said he, he really hasn't had enough at-bats and enough time to get ready. They're probably just going to send him down for a little bit. You could always get an injury, somebody pull a hamstring or something, and all these guys kind of rotating through as you need. Um, especially, you know, if you extend it to Rosario and Azuna and you know, Hilliard and Pilar, and you know, there's, there, there's enough guys that if you want to rotate them all out and give them all playing time, you, you can find ways to do it. So, yeah, nothing. I mean, I didn't have any big takes on the outfield situation. The only thing I would add is outfield is definitely a situation where the Braves could add somebody in the last week because those are the guys that usually get cut at the most volume, right? There's just more of them than anybody else. So, you know, if if somebody really interesting got let go, that the Braves maybe like more than Pilar, more than Hilliard, I could definitely see a scenario where they add somebody. But if not, then I think they're perfectly happy going into this uh, into the season with the bench they have, you know, one thing Scott and I talked about last week was regardless of which combination they went with, the Braves are going to have more talent at triple a this year than maybe they've ever had. Like they're they're going to be able to go down to triple a and get position players. I mean, you think Grissom is going to be down there. Luplo is going to be down there. Shoemaker's going to be down there. You know, Eli White's going to be down there. Uh, Forrest Wall had a really good spring. I mean, they've got, you know they've got an entire bench worth of talent that they can call on anytime they need and they haven't always had that so um that'll be good that you know that's kind of what I'm excited about but yeah I didn't really have any big takes on the outfield it kind of went the way I thought it would
1: I think there's a chance that Pilar might have an opt-out in his deal I mean we don't know we wouldn't know that so there is a chance that if you know the Braves he could have opted out of his deal and I think those usually are coming up pretty quick um you know by the weekend even if uh if they're in contracts so um you know there is a chance that they could have lost him if they hadn't and they didn't want to lose anybody but I cannot remember an outfield situation you know where we when you guys were coming in to compete I can't remember everybody performing the way this group did I mean Eli White you know excelled at the plate We didn't really, wasn't really looking for that. Sam Hilliard hit well. Pilar played pretty good. You know, Luplo looked good after he got back. He missed a a large portion of the time, but he looked pretty good when he was out there too. And then you got guys like Forrest Wall, you know, kind of come out of nowhere. He's on the radar now. I mean, guys, you know, pretty fast. I didn't know much about that much about him, but I thought he looked pretty good in the spring. I mean, it was just like, and, and, and Justin Dean, you know, he's had a good spring. He's got stole a ton of bases. Hasn't been out there very much either. Um, you know, so I mean, it was weird. It was like, man, we need somebody to like separate in this outfield battle. And you can
2: you can add Ad- I mean, Adrianza technically an outfielder too, so you can add him to that. I mean, he had a great spring. Rosario had a good. You know, he didn't have a great spring with the Braves, but he was hitting the ball hard. And then he went to the WBC and and tore it up. And then, hell, even Ozuna had a strong end to the spring. It was yeah. You're, you're right. It, it was weird. It seemed like everybody was hitting all the time. So. You know, it's, it's, I guess it's a good problem to have. But, yeah, usually at least a few guys struggle.
1: I do feel good about this bench. And now and I can't – I don't think I could say that the last two seasons, uh starting out, coming out of spring training. You know, it was always like – I mean, even you and I, we've kind of gotten used to that. We were, we were suggesting carrying a third catcher, you know, for a good portion of the offseason there just because I think, you know, I mean, at the end, of, it just seemed like they didn't have enough guys. And uh, like you said, now I think when that's going to be stocked, and if they need somebody, they can go get them. You know, plug them in if they if they need it. But uh, you know, I wasn't too upset. Like I said, I got the outfield situation. Now I think if you know if we'd seen one of these, if if you'd had Luplo penciled in to start and then you option him just to be able to keep Kevin Pillar, then I'd been upset. But I knew all along that Eddie Rosario was probably going to be the starter out there, and we're probably going to see Ozuna out there more than we want to see you know, at some point this season. So it's going to be interesting. I think the only question I have is – when Luplo, if Luplo performs, what do they do? Do they cut bait with Pilar? Do they cut bait with Hilliard? I mean, this is another one that's been kind of a ro- uh, roller coaster because I know the first time you and I really talked about this, I thought Hilliard and Pilar were competing against each other, you know, and here they are, both of them on the roster, you know, so it'll it'll be interesting to see uh, how this all plays out, you know, especially once Gwinnett gets going. I think the last bit of, of – News or item that we need to discuss was Mike Soroka. Michael Soroka returned to the mound the other day. Um, It was actually Wednesday. And, um, you know, I think he showed some rust, hit 95 on the gun, though. Looked, had to field a, a slow roller back to the mound. I think everybody held their breath when they saw that, but, you know, he, he come through it and he was on, they interviewed him on the broadcast today and he said he felt good. I think through 36 pitches, uh, he was optioned after Thursday's game. So he's going to Gwinnett, but man, you know, I was pretty encouraged by him. You know, I think, I think we worry, one thing you worry about with leg injuries like that is, does it hurt velocity, you know, on a pitcher or something? Cause the lower body is really important, just like the shoulder and the elbow and stuff. But, uh, you know, I think if, if he can stay healthy, he might be the dark horse for this fifth spot. Or, you know, if Schuster or somebody, you know, just takes that spot and, and runs with it and then Soroka's back, man, you've got a lot of depth here, you know, then you can cover something else if, if, you know, if something else pops up.
2: Yeah. I was, I just wanted to see him walk off the mound after the, you know, after the outing, that's all I cared about. Like, you know, he's not walking with a trainer, he's not limping, you know, just he, when, whenever his outing was over, he just walked off the mound like a normal pitcher. And that's what happened. And it was great to see the velocity. You know, the command is always going to be the last thing to come. You know, he's going to have so much rust on him. It's, it's going to be unbelievable. So he's going to have to knock all that off and get his command back. But, yeah, just seeing him pitch, honestly. Just seeing him out there throwing, you know, doing it uh, to all the way to the end of his outing and, and being healthy. And like you said, he fielded uh, that one ball that was – You know, not that dissimilar from the one he got hurt on all those years ago. So, yeah, it was great to see. And pitching depth is just something you never have enough of. And if he can build himself back up and he's going to get all the time he needs in Gwinnett. But, you know, come May or June or July, if they need somebody and he's kind of built back up and and pitching well, then he could be a serious weapon. You know, if Chip Carey were still around, he would say, you know, he could be a, 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 a just like a trade deadline acquisition without having to make one. So, yeah, it was great to see. I, I'm just happy to see him healthy. Honestly, that's really all I care about at this point. I don't really care about the results. Just as long as every time he pitches, he he walks off the mound on his own power, then that's all I care about at this point.
1: Yeah, I had saw the tweet from uh, David O'Brien earlier in the day. That said, that, had Soroka quoted as saying, you know, he felt good. He threw 36 pitches and he felt good today, which I thought was important. And then, you know, to see him on the broadcast talking—I mean, he's always one of the best interviews of the team because he—he just knows he's—you know—he just knows so much about what he's got to do. Hear him talk about his windup and repeating it and everything. I thought he looked good too. I mean, you know, he's been rehabbing hard for two seasons, two years, basically. That's basically what he's been doing, allowed to do. Thought he looked thicker, you know, and, I I mean, that's a good sign, I think, for that velocity. I mean, he's strong. You know, it's just a matter of trying to stay healthy now. But you got to feel – I mean, there's no – I mean, it was a great story. It felt good to see him. I'm like you. To see him walk off the mound, forget the results. I don't care how many runs. I mean, Braves Braves basically uh, didn't catch the ball at all behind him. You know, he could have – his numbers could have looked a lot different. But just – you know who cares how I many hits or runs he gave up? Just seeing him walk off that mound healthy, that was uh, that was great to see. Yep. All right, I think that's gonna wrap us up here uh, for this week. I mean, uh, man, opening days next week. Uh, I was sitting here looking. I'm so, I, I, I'm so ready. I, I thought I had like another week in here, you know, uh, getting ready. But I mean, it's here. Braves are gonna play through the weekend. I think Monday and Tuesday they play the Red Sox. And then they head north and, um, you know, opening day is Thursday uh, in, in Washington. So it's going to be fun. Things are going to get busy on the site. It's already already pretty busy. It's been a fun spring, an unexpected spring. A lot of times spring training is boring. You know, this spring has not been boring because there's been all kinds of stuff going on. And, uh, you know, nothing's really – I mean – I guess left field worked out the way we kind of thought it would. It's going to be Rosario, but I can say the fifth starter spot and shortstop. I don't think anybody, somebody might have said Arcia, but I don't think anybody had Jared Schuster or Dylan Dodd make an open day roster before the season. So, you know, it's it's uh, you never know. You know, you got it. That's why you say you can look at all these numbers and everything else, but you know, still at the end of the day, you got to kind of see how it all plays out. Uh, Here we are. But uh, that's going to do it. That's going to do it for us. Um, Follow me and Steven on Twitter, and uh, we'll see you guys again next week.
0: More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals,